Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Friends, welcome. You are here for the Friday Faith Follow-Up, episode 117.5. And we are continuing um, not only through our mini-series, looking at Proverbs chapter 14, how a wise woman builds up her home, but we are also following up on our conversation this week in particular, taking a look at our attitude. How do we keep a positive attitude? attitude when real life, family life, home life, mom life is a lot of work and it's tiring and it requires sacrifice. And there are days where it is joyful and wonderful and we probably don't struggle with our attitude on those days. It's really the other days or those little moments that pop up here and there. If we want to be wise women building up our homes strengthening our family relationships, enjoying Christian family life, well, we have to be able to hold on to a positive attitude, even on the hard days. It has a huge impact on not just how we feel and are we enjoying this life the Lord has given us, but how do we interact with people? What atmosphere are we creating in our home? And we talked about that quite a bit more um, in our past episode, this past Tuesday, episode 117. Today, I wanted to just sit for a few minutes with our Lord Jesus Christ and take a look at three situations that he found himself in that are reported in the Gospels. I have no doubt there were many other (laughs) difficult situations in his life, but three specific times when he was certainly tempted to have a negative attitude. Three different times when he was faced with a lot of negativity or struggle or hardship, and he did not let it get the best of him. We know from all the pages of scripture that our Lord was tempted just like we are, and yet he never sinned. Now, we cannot hold ourselves up to that same bar. You are not the Lord. I am not the Lord. We do have the Holy Spirit. We can grow and mature and and Lord willing, we will see the fruit of the Spirit start to grow bigger and bigger and bigger in our lives. But we will mess up from time to time. Okay, so our conversation today is not a calling to perfection or a call to mom guilt and beating ourselves up because we're not doing it perfectly. I simply want us to take a look together at how Jesus himself responded in the really hard requiring sacrifice moments of his life. So let's take a look first at his 40 days in the wilderness. Now you are probably familiar, well, really with all three examples we're going to talk about today. But you probably are at least a little bit familiar with the story in the Gospels of Jesus being baptized 
by John the Baptist. And then pretty much immediately going out into the wilderness and spending 40 days fasting and being tempted by Satan. And now our our conversation this week has looked at how do we keep that positive attitude specifically through regular habits and things that we can do, practical strategies that we can do to help us hold on to that positive attitude. And when we look at how Jesus responded to these 40 days, we see that he was doing something intentional in order to keep himself strong in his faith, in his mission, in order to protect himself from sin, from the sin, I mean, from many different sins, but certainly that would include the sin of grumbling, the sin of bitterness, the sin of questioning God and and walking away from that. You know, there was a lot of temptation coming at him. And if you think about 40 days in the wilderness, he was not eating. He was probably not sleeping super well. Um, I mean, I've gone camping before, but I can't imagine that he had all the luxuries that even we would have today when we think about camping. Like he was physically uncomfortable. He was probably mentally spent. I mean, you might be able to stand firm for a day or two or maybe even a week, but to experience that type of physical exhaustion and discomfort coupled with the mental back and forth that he was going through with Satan, the spiritual elements of that, even the relational elements here that he was alone for 40 days. And I have no doubt that when Jesus was on earth, his emotional and spiritual and relational connection with God the Father was stronger than ours is, like just experientially. I would assume that he felt that in stronger ways than we typically feel that um, simply because he was without sin and he was so single-minded in his his focus on doing the will of God. And obviously he knew God from heaven, you know, much better than we have experienced it yet. So I have no doubt that his prayer time with the Lord, with the Father was incredibly meaningful, but he was alone physically, at least in our sense of relationships for 40 days. And yet we do not see even a hint of the Lord responding with negativity or grumbling or woe is me, or is this sacrifice really worth it? What we see is Jesus standing firm on the word of God. And one of the regular um, strategies that we talked about in Tuesday's episode, one of those was to rest in Jesus and not our work coming from Matthew chapter 11. And then actually, if you are in our Patreon, our brand new Patreon Faith Fiverr community, we had um, our first five minute devotional yesterday. Wait, what's today? Friday? Okay, two days ago (laughs) Um, with a devotional thought, just diving in a little more deeply into Matthew chapter 11 and these same verses. And so we know that we too can stand firm on the word of God when we are tempted toward bitterness or hopelessness or grumbling or anger or all sorts of negative emotions, negative attitudes that can come with mom life and the hardships of family life. We know that one of the action steps we can take 
is to turn to Jesus, to run to him, to rest in him when we are weary and burdened. And as we do that, part of doing that, I should say, is reading his word and praying and asking the Holy Spirit to help us to also stand firm on the word of God. And let's look at a second example from Jesus's life. And that example would be the night before he died in the garden of Gethsemane. You're probably also familiar with this story where he, I mean, he did a lot of things in that last week of his life, that last night of his life. But at the end of that evening, he went out to the garden and he knew he was about to suffer and he was about to die. And he took his very best friends with him and asked them to keep watch and pray with me. And instead they kept falling asleep. Who among us has not been there? Um, But Jesus did not fall asleep. He fell on his knees before the father and he prayed so earnestly that he was sweating drops of blood and he asked the father to take away this cup from him to spare him from the pain and suffering that was about to come and i have no doubt my friend that you have had moments in life where you have fallen on your knees before god and asked him to take away something to change a hard and painful situation. And I don't know if God said yes to your request or no, but we do know from the Bible that he said no to Jesus's request. And so how did Jesus handle that? As Jesus was obviously in agony here and praying so fervently. And again, he was alone in that. He tried to bring his friends, his disciples with him. They were falling asleep. It was him and the father. And he asked God to take it away. And yet, how did he avoid that bitterness or anger or, you know, refuse the sacrifice and walk away, which we know he could have done? He avoided all of that. He responded differently. He responded by submitting himself fully to the Father's plan. He took time for prayer. He laid it all out, all of his emotions, all of his desires, all of his struggles. And he closed it with saying, your will be done. And oh, how our attitudes would be different. How my attitude would be different if I took those struggles before the Lord every single time. If I laid it out there and I cried to him instead of to myself or grumbling in my own heart or venting to a friend, if I took it to the Lord and cried out to him and submitted myself fully to his plan, I know my attitude would be much stronger and much more positive Not because this situation would always get changed. I mean, we know God does that sometimes, but obviously not every time. He didn't do it for Jesus. And yet Jesus could walk forward because he knew if I'm going to walk into this agony, if I'm going to suffer, if I'm going to die, it is for a good purpose, a good plan of the Father. And we can do the same, my friend. When you face those days where it feels like I just can't do this anymore, You're questioning, why the heck am I putting up with this? What is going on in my life? Reorient yourself to take it before the Lord and to submit yourself to his perfect and good plan. 
He might take away some of that hardship and he might not, but you know that he has a purpose in it and that he will walk with you through it. And then the third example that I want us to look at today is not so much one specific example because this actually happened many, many, many times throughout Jesus's ministry. It's just his constant experience with the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees were the ruling class at that time. They were like the cream of the crop of the Jewish people. They studied the law, they knew the law, they followed the law, and they made sure everybody knew it. And they took responsibility on themselves to try to make sure everyone else was also following the law. So the Pharisees had a lot of power, a lot of influence, and Jesus time and time and time again was interacting with them and facing their constant questioning, their constant rejection and harshness, trying to kill him, trying to trick him, trying to pin him in a corner. They were just again and again and again presenting him with opportunities to be frustrated and annoyed and bitter and angry. They gave him so many opportunities to lash out at them in anger or to respond in a way that I know I probably would not have uh, been able to stand firm for three years, this constant harshness and questioning and rejection, and not just from like random guy next door, but from the ruling class at the time, people who had a lot of authority and a lot of respect. Well, how did Jesus handle that? How did he maintain a positive attitude? How did he refuse to give into grumbling or anger or negativity? Well, he spoke the truth. He showed love to anyone who came to him. And he refused to engage in an argument or a power struggle. He, he engaged them in conversation and interaction, but he didn't go out of his way to seek out negativity from them or conflict with them. He didn't go out of his way to do that, but he also didn't go out of his way to avoid any and all interaction with them. He knew the truth and he spoke it. He knew love and he showed it. And he knew that they were trying to tempt him to sin. And he refused. It wasn't like he put all of his focus onto their negativity or their rejection. He kept his focus on what was true, what was good, what his mission was. And he invited them to join him in it. I mean, we know the story of um, Nicodemus coming to Jesus at night. He was a Pharisee. Jesus was more than happy to have conversation with him, to invite him along as a follower. But he was not getting in power struggles and big arguments every time that a Pharisee came to him with, you know, one of their trick questions or trying to pin him in a corner. He spoke truth, he showed love, but he did not get sucked up into the drama of it or the power struggle of it. And we can do the same. We don't always do the same, but we can. When we are tempted to have that power struggle with our four-year-old, when we are tempted to maybe even buy into some drama or some conflict with our husband, you know, you see those moments where it's like, I could respond like this 
and we're going to get into it tonight, or there's going to be some uh, silent treatment going on, or, you know, it's just not going to be going well. Or I can respond in this other way. Maybe I can bite my tongue. Maybe I can um, take ownership and say, sorry, my bad, I was wrong, even if eh, I'm not really, you know, it's kind of 50-50, but like, instead of pointing that out, I'm going to take it on myself. We can choose, am I going to engage in the conflict and the drama and the power struggle or not? Am I going to stay calm and speak truth and show love? Or am I going to get defensive and put up a wall and get argumentative? We have options. When someone is coming at us with questioning and harshness and negativity, we do not have to give in to that. So I would definitely encourage you if you are struggling, at least sometimes with your attitude, and maybe it is not as positive as you would like for it to be, and you're maybe even seeing the, um, the outcome of that in some negative interactions with your family members and that, that less than ideal, not so peaceful atmosphere in your home, definitely circle back and listen to episode 117 if you haven't done that yet, the very last episode. Um, and take a take some time to actually think through the six strategies that we talked about because they really are possible in real life. <laughs> um, and we see that in the Lord. I mean, yes, he's perfect. He never sinned, but he was tempted and he was human, just like us. And so as you consider how Jesus responded to his 40 days of temptation in the wilderness, how he responded to his his garden of Gethsemane moment and the constant rejection and harshness of the Pharisees. Take wisdom from the Lord, of course. Take encouragement that he also knows what it's like to be tempted toward bitterness and anger and negativity. And try out some different action steps, different strategies, along with, of course, prayer to Say no to that negativity and to focus on the positive, the truth, and the love of the Lord. My friend, let me close this out with a word of prayer. Holy Father, we we thank you for sending your son. And Jesus, we praise you for how you handled temptation. And we know um, from 1 Corinthians that no temptation is going to seize us today that's not common to man. And you are the one who will give us the way out. You are the one who will give us the strength and the wisdom and the creativity to choose a different path. And so, Lord, I pray that when we are tempted toward negativity and grumbling or hopelessness or some sort of negative attitude, Lord, I pray that you will speak to us in those moments to give us encouragement or hope or conviction or whatever we might need to stand firm on your word and your truth and your love. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, friends, um, I'll remind you as well that we have um, some freebies that can help you if you are wanting to go deeper with the Lord. Grab the Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. Um, Take a look through the devotionals that we have on the website. Um, Digging into, they all dig into different family-related topics, anger being one of them, (laughs) communication being one of them, identity in Christ being one of them. And I will remind you as well, I know I mentioned it, but we have a new Patreon community for um, 
oh, it's a way to support the show, definitely, but it's also a great way to get some extra perks like access to our brand new private podcast feed, where several times a week I've got a little five minute devotional or encouragement or kind of how to <laughs> tutorial, like really digging into the weeds of an action step that we might talk about. So every week we'll be doing those little five minute private podcast devotionals. Maybe I'll come up with a little name for that. I don't know. But I would welcome you and encourage you and hope that I will see you over in our Patreon Faith Fiver Club and uh, check out those devotionals along with all the other resources there. Um, but everything can be found online. It's at loveyourpeoplewell.com. And we will be back next week for episode 118 to continue our look at Proverbs 14, how to become wise women who are building up our homes, godly, healthy, happy, and holy homes. So until then, my friend, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon.